Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Say what? What's up, Doc G? How's it going today, sir? <sighs> oh, not bad. Hmm. You know? Not bad. I had yeah, a pretty good weekend. Pretty good yeah. weekend. Did you did you have a good weekend, Mike? Doctor, we did. Yeah, I I climbed a mountain. Oh my god! Getting out there, getting bananas, man. That's right. Yeah, we're getting wild. Nice. What 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 was the footer? How how many feet? It was eleven thousand sixty four feet. Um, oh my god, man. Yeah, good man. times. Impressive, impressive, right there. <laughs> that is we're not. That is not a Florida mountain, folks. Nope. We, uh, I think our biggest, I think our biggest elevation in Florida is three hundred and forty some feet. Don't quote me on <laughs> yeah. that, but I think that's the highest natural. No, we're gonna look it up. That's a that's a follow up, Mike. That's an early follow up in the show. That might be. Check the notes, folks. That might be the earliest follow-up we've ever had on the Doc G Show. <laughs> but, Mike, I, I want to, I mean, you know, you're out there. You're doing things, obviously. We're doing you're, stuff. You're We're doing trying. stuff. You ever get worried? Hmm. Ever get worried about what? Worried that other people are doing great and fun things that you aren't involved in. <gasps> uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I never worry about that. Okay, Mike. They are, because they are. Mike, <laughs> we we call this. What do we call this? We call this FOMO. FOMO. Ah, FOMO. Fear of missing out. So true. And I, I'm, I'm sort of like you, Mike. When I hear this term, when I hear FOMO, and I found out what it meant, didn't take too long. I'm pretty smart. I got it. Word. Um. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I haven't really felt this, you know? I have I I wouldn't say fear, you know? Mm-hmm. I I've felt yeah. fear because I've like missed an appointment, you know, or a meeting, you know? Yeah. You're going along one day and you're like, oh crap! It's 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 two thirty. The meeting was at two. Jeez. You know, and then you're you're rushing in your head, you're like, Do I try to lie? Do I do the honest thing and just tell him I suck? Do you do you try to make it to the meeting really late and then make up something? You know what are you gonna do? You know that's that's fear. You know, but yeah. it's not fear of missing out. Nope, that's just fear from mm-hmm. being an idiot. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have that a lot. You know. Yeah. Um, Mike, NPR hmm. has gone to the trouble of of giving us an article, not only defining FOMO. But helping us get over it. Oh, that's that's nice. Yeah. Little NPR. Yeah. Always coming through. National Public Radio, folks. It's a service. It is a service yeah. to us. Um, now, Mike. Uh, first, they give us they give us an example. They give us sort of the definition and example of FOMO. They say staying in on Friday night feels like a good idea. 
You could really use the alone time after a busy week until you get on Instagram. You see your friends having a blast at that cool bar you've been wanting to try. Then comes a post from a buddy from college snuggling with their adorable new rescue dog. And you start watching <laughs> another friend's story before they set out on an exciting road trip. Suddenly, that alone time you opted for doesn't feel so good anymore. You feel like you're boring for staying in. You may even question the purpose of your very existence. <laughs> Don't worry, that anxiety spiral is common, and that is not new. You're experiencing FOMO. There you go, Mike. There you go. And I gotta say, uh, I guess people can feel this way. Um, I've never really felt fear from what they're talking about, or really anything from what they're talking about, because I mean... <laughs> First of all, none of those things sound that awesome. Nope. That cool bar definitely sucks. Yes! Uh, <laughs> the rescue dog is going to chew up all your shoes. That's a fact. And yeah. that exciting road trip is going to cost like $8,000 in gas. So don't worry. <laughs> none of that stuff is cool. None of that is good. But regardless, Mike, I, I, I mean, like, it's like you said at the start. Like, I've never felt fear. I've felt envious. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's I've a felt, better word. I've felt envious of people that are doing awesome things because I'm not smart enough to, or in shape enough, or assertive enough, or motivated enough, or creative enough, or resourceful enough, or wow, many other things enough, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's envy. <laughs> that's not. That's not fear. But apparently, Mike NPR tells me that my envy is FOMO. Hmm. Ooh, Doc G, you're onto something here. Yeah? Now, which what are we doing? Well, New FOMO. Which, which makes <laughs> me think, Mike, that they just put a clinical name on the fact that we're being envious <laughs> Like, that's not really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. should probably <laughs> just change the name to envious <laughs> syndrome, and then we'll be like, oh, getting a little EDS, guys. A little EDS, I'm feeling mm. it. It's, it's bad. Yeah. You know? But, like, I just... It's not, it's not fear. But... Importantly, Mike, we have the tools to overcome FOMO. I no longer need to suffer from EDS in my own terms. I can follow their rules. So the first rule they have to overcoming FOMO is they suggest practicing abundance mindset, Mike. Ooh, I like that. I like yeah. that. That's the idea, listeners, that there are plenty of successes and wins to go around. So instead mm -hmm. of feeling envious for a person, congratulate the person. Yeah. Get out there. Be nice to them, you know? Yeah! I mean, it's a, it's definitely a good suggestion. I don't for know. Sure. If, I don't know if it'll work for a lot of people. Most people will probably just come off sounding sarcastic. But, you know, <laughs> let's, let's go with it. Congratulations on your mountain climb, bro. Nice. <laughs> 11,000 feet. Ooh. Yeah. You know, but Fire I mean, emoji. <laughs> but you know, we can still try it. It sounds good. Yeah. Abundance mindset, Mike. That's what we're going with. That's what we're going with. Now, uh, yeah. next suggestion, Mike, uh, is that we know what triggers our FOMO. So essentially, avoid what you're missing out on. Mm. 
which I got to say for 99.99% of people would be put down your phone. Mm -hmm. That would be about it. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're listening to this show, don't do it then. Keep your phone. Yes! But if you're looking at anything else other than the Doc G show, put your phone down. That's yeah, the number one thing. You, you know? Best advice. Now, the last mm -hmm. one, they get real philosophical on us. It's a real, uh -oh. it's a real think piece. They say... I like that. When you find yourself thinking the grass is greener on the other side... Remind yourself why you're watering yours. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good mm, one. Some real Mr. Miyagi stuff right there, listeners. <laughs> yes. Yes. In case, uh, <laughs> case you missed it, listeners, what they're saying is to tell yourself you're sitting at home like a loser not doing anything because you're recharging your batteries. Mm. to do something really cool yourself. You're going to do, I mean, which is definitely not true. Nope. But you can tell yourself that. <laughs> NPR tells you to feel that way, guys. To just say, hey, 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 hey. I'm recharging. I'm going to be awesome in a little <laughs> bit, okay? You just give me a couple of minutes. I'll be there. I'll do some cool things. Now, First off, Mike, we need to thank NPR for that amazing service there. Um, now, Mike, when looking at their suggestions, though, I realize they're missing the most important thing. The most important missing? thing about FOMO, and this is what our listeners need to tell themselves, when they're afraid they're missing out, or, as we know, envious, either one. Envious. Envious. They need to tell themselves... I listen to the Doc G show. Yeah! <laughs> I didn't miss out on Yeah. That's what they need to tell themselves. Yeah. That's what they need to tell themselves. Mike, are you ready to fire up this FOMO-proof show? <laughs> Let's fire it up, Doc G. I'm ready. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Woo! Super excited for the show. We have the super talented Lexi Stevenson on the mm. show, better known as Famu Sami in the uh, music world. She's got a new single out called Chocolate Bay. We're going to talk about that. We're going to go, uh, we're going to talk about her growing up in Maine. I don't I don't think she knows our friend Sue and Lee up in Maine, but you know, Doubt it, maybe. But maybe. Maybe. You know? Uh, we're going to talk about her being on The Young and Restless. All kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, Mike. I uh, First one, I think you got. Pretty okay. positive you got. This one, I will be actually pretty flabbergasted if you don't get. Okay. Uh, the, the last two... I'm going to put money on you don't have. But <laughs> okay. uh, this one, we're going with yes. So, born on May 25th, 1963 in Toronto, Canada. Both of his parents were World War II veterans. I didn't know that. Nope. Didn't know mm -hmm. that. Our birthday suit wear from a young age love acting. He, uh, he started uh, in commercials at the age of two. Jeez. Wow. Right after high school, he was accepted into... The famous Second City. 
Just like we were talking about Tina Fey the other day. This is another one. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about this one, but this is another person. I was like, oh, crap. That's right. Second City. Our birthday suitwear then was hired by Saturday Night Live in 1989. He almost instantly became an extremely popular cast member with sketches like Simon, Coffee Talk with Linda, Scottish Soccer Hooligan Weekly, and Philip the Hyper Hypo. During his time on the show, he also star starred in films like Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. He left the show in 1995 to pursue more acting. In 1997, he started the extremely famous Austin Powers International Man of Mystery, which had two sequels. In 2001, he was the voice of the animated character Shrek and was in all of the following sequels. He has taken a hiatus from acting for about eight years, but he has recently reappeared in some films. Name that birthday suit wearer. Mike Myers. Mike Myers is correct. Yes. yes. There it is, man. <laughs> Mike, man. I, I'll tell you. That first Austin Powers, oh, God, it was good. Can't so many. It. So many yeah. good parts in that movie. Oh man. Yeah, lots of jokes. I definitely want to watch that. I'm gonna re. I gotta rewatch that one sometime for sure. I, I I don't know if 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 a lot of the old timers would agree with me, but I feel like it's better than the second or third one by far. Like mm. the first one, there's just so many just there's just so many casual jokes in the first one that I'm just like ah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's and obviously, like in that, you're you're always gonna redo some of the jokes because it's the same guy, so it's mm -hmm. a little bit recycled on the second, third one. But I mean, man, so good. And then of course, Wayne's World. So yeah. many good things in Wayne's Amazing. World. Yeah. And Shrek. You know, I I, I mean, uh, no offense to Mike, but I feel like he gets outshined by Eddie Murphy in that. I mean, as Donkey. Donkey's yeah. the best. Yes! But you know. Regardless, let's see, he's turning uh, 59. Mike mm. Myers, 59. Young. Kind of young. Mm. I thought he would be a little bit older for some reason. Really? He's uh. been in the game for a while, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just his youthful spirit for me. I thought yeah, he was actually yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. younger than that. Uh, I thought okay. he, But then again, I mean, he did start He did start in Saturday Night Live in the 80s, so. Crazy. Would, yeah, and yeah. Second City. That I just didn't know that, yeah, it's Second City... World War World War Two parent veterans, just just crazy. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we learned. Just, you know, uh, like we were talking about Mike um, before we came on the show. He uh, is uh, uh, showing up half the battle. That dude, he shows up everywhere. That guy, yeah. he's just like, let's do it. Let's try it out. I'm Mike Myers. Why not? Now he can yeah. say I'm Mike Myers. That's uh, pretty easy. <laughs> Back in, like, 85, it was a lot harder to say I'm Mike Myers. Let's do it. Yeah. But still, he did it, and now he's Mike Myers. So there you go. Happy birthday, Mike. Uh, and not Mike, the co-host, Mike. Don't be confused, listeners. Mike Myers, not <laughs> not Mike Charette. Uh, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Yeah, what do we got? What's going on, Dr. G? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. We're going to start here in Florida. We're going to... Oh, yeah. And where else? It's a pea county, folks. It's a pea county. We're starting in Polk. We're oh, starting yeah. in Polk. There we uh, go. We're going to start with Tiana's Jones. Tiana's Jones was sitting around Friday night, and she thought, you know what? 
it's a Mickey D's night tonight. Yes! Hmm. So she went and she ordered some Mickey D's, you know? She ordered a Happy Meal with a chocolate shake and a filet fish sandwich combo. Ew. Which, okay. I'm going to stop right here, Mike, and say... <laughs> What kind of sick freak gets a filet fish? <laughs> so true. Come on. Come on, TJ. They've got burgers and chicken. You know that, yeah. right? Like, you don't need to mess around with their nasty fish. Nobody, no. nobody wants that. That's just... Anyways. Anyways, Mike, they effed agree, up. Though. It's yeah. It's fish from... It's gross. I mean, from, from McDonald's. Like, come on. Anyways... <laughs> Uh, they got, they got, they effed up on her filet of fish, Mike. They did not Uh-oh. get it right. And they How? told her. There's three ingredients. <laughs> There's three things. The fish, the tartar sauce, and the bun. What are you going to do? We forgot, right, sorry, we forgot the bun. We forgot the bun. Um, do, do you need one? You want one. Okay. Well, we're going to need you to come around. What? They told her to go to the third window, which, you know, it's a fancy McDonald's when you got three windows. Three That's windows. Three windows. And they said they'd correct it, but TJ was like, uh-uh, I'm coming in and setting you guys straight. So she went inside, mm. and uh, she, uh, you know, in, I guess, casual terms, flipped out on the workers. Uh, mm. She just lost it. That's a fact. The workers tried to calm her down. She wasn't having it. Her sister and mom, who were both there, tried to calm her down. She wasn't having it. At one point, TJ called 911 to report the McDonald's. Huh? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The old I'm calling 911 move. I'm I calling 911. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm not getting my way. I'm calling the cops. <laughs> I'm sure Mc, I'm sure the McDonald's employees were like, yeah, all right. Um, not too surprisingly, Mike, TJ was arrested. Mm-hmm. So, you know. <laughs> so true. Uh, when she was arrested, the police chief uh, apparently heard about our pun usage on the show last week and decided that he'd outdo us because he used, not an exaggeration, at least like 20 McDonald's puns in his press conference about this incident. This guy's a pro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to say, which seems a little unnecessary at a police conference, but... You know, I mean, it makes a little bit more sense when you're a goofy radio show, but, you know, I guess, if you feel like doing it as a police chief. Uh, second, I, I want to tell if TJ is listening, if she has, if she has been released, uh, TJ, your meal was not worth over $10. I went back and calculated this, just to make sure, just to make sure prices you, had Doc not G. risen. Yes. Thank you. Yes, and you know what? I gotta say, you shouldn't be allowed in life to get that belligerent over anything less than ten dollars. Nope. It's just, in fact, you shouldn't be allowed to get that belligerent over anything in McDonald's. Nope. No. You shouldn't be allowed. If you bought the whole menu, you shouldn't be allowed to be that. Bel- if you bought the whole McDonald's. You shouldn't be able to get that belligerent. Like, just not worth it. Not worth no it. No way. No way. Then I always question in these things, Mike. Lastly, you know, why is TJ getting mad at the folks at the McDonald's? Like, mm, so true. Like, their life sucks enough. 
they work at McDonald's in a yeah, P count true. in a P county of Florida, Mike. <clears throat> Come on. No polk. TJ, you were probably the fifth person that did that to him that day. And they were like, oh, yeah. God. That's a fact. Oh. <laughs> Why do people keep getting a filet of fish? Oh, Jesus. Ew. Don't they know we don't know what tartar sauce is? Oh, jeez. <laughs> we don't know all three ingredients. Come on. Doc G, it's like the same cop that shows up, too. <laughs> oh, like Yeah. Uh, here, we go. Uh, here we go. Let me guess. Filet of fish. She's losing her mind. <laughs> I gotcha. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you called 911. <laughs> Typical. Nice move. Um, Mike, how do you feel about your current bank? Hmm. Um, bank of America. You know, I'm a little indifferent. I'm going to be honest with you, Doc G. I don't feel like their website is great. They improved it this past year, but the inter user interface is still not great. Uh, mm -hmm. They're closing down locations. Not a lot of tellers anymore. You know, just digital location or physical like yeah. just ATMs. I'm You're not okay feeling that, the love actually. though. Oh, okay, okay. Anyways, you don't need to feel the love. No love. The zero love. Zero okay. love, Doctor. I like love. that. Well, I may have a bank for you that has zero love, but lots of moxie. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. moxie is. What? Uh, yeah. uh, 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 chutzpah. Uh, uh, bravado. Uh, uh, oh, okay, okay. To put it to put it blunt, listeners, <laughs> you know. Oh, okay, I thought yeah. it was a drug or something. Right. <laughs> Got a lot of moxie. It's another term for Molly, guys. <laughs> it's ecstasy. They're uh, uh, Molly. That's the one. They're rolling over there. Um, <laughs> anyways, we really derailed. Uh, I think you should think instead of Bank of America, Mike. You should think of Bank of Zambia. Ooh, okay. Yeah, now if you're saying why, don't worry, I'll tell you. Yes! I'll tell you about these folks' moxie. These folks, uh, they were hacked by some ransomware. Uh, it's just some ransomware thugs, Mike. The mm. whole bank was, you know? It's one of these new moves, you know, where where the 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 hackers will get in there, they'll they'll take over the software, and then they demand, you know, a certain amount of money as ransom mm. to get the passwords back to the folks. Now, um, according to Bloomberg, the Bank of Zambia's technical director determined, you know what? We're capable of restoring our data without. We don't. We don't need them. We don't need their their uh, passwords back. We we can get all of our stuff without actually having to cave to the demands of these ransomware hackers. Mm. So according to Bleeping Computer, which is a great source for all news, uh, Bleeping Computer says they sent the ransomware hackers a picture of a and said and sent with the caption. Suck this and stop locking bank net networks thinking you will monetize something. Learn to monetize yourself. Wow. Nice. That's moxie, Mike. That, that, I'm not That's sure moxie. it was the best idea, but it was moxie. I mean, mm. you know. I mean, yeah. yeah, the ransomware folks can always come back. So, like... I mean, I probably would just casually just get our data back and just go about our business, but yeah. they they went for it, Mike. They went for it. Now, 
My question is, and I realize it's not the most important question, but my question is, how'd they choose the Hmm. Like, how'd they, like, how'd they choose the actual picture? Like when they decided to send one, were they? Was it somebody Google. that was? Well, yeah. Was it like? Did they Google? Like, all right, uh, uh, to send hackers. Oh, that, that's uh, there we go. Or were they just like? Was it some guy that worked there that he was like, mine's big and ugly, and they were like, nice. Let's uh, Bill drop yeah, your we'll pants. Yeah, we'll use that. Oh, there we go. Like, Ew. just how how do you go about like hmm. choosing? What you're going to send a hacker? Like, what's going to be most offensive to a ransomware hacker? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I just, I'm interested. Uh, regardless, Mike, let's take a brief pause to laugh at Elon Musk. Sweet. And I say this because apparently he's lost $69 billion since the start of 2022. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For anyone that's listening that's like, hey, you shouldn't laugh at that. That's wrong. It's not. You're wrong, listeners. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Let me break it down. Uh, he was worth $276 billion at the start of the year. Uh, and now, about $207 billion, Which means he's lost about 25% of his fortune. And uh, I'm really crossing my fingers that he loses a lot more of it. Like, a lot. Mm. Really, really more. Now, uh, if... His fortune were $14,000, like the average household wealth of a household in India. Yeah, it'd be a pretty turd move of me to be like, ah, ha, ha, he's lost 25%. But he doesn't have the average wealth of a house in India. He has, and this is true, guys, he has the same wealth as 14,786,000 Indians. <clears throat> 14,786,000. Their total wealth. All of it. And that's his current. That's not the mine that's not the the post. That's not the 27 276 billion. That's the 207 billion number. 14 wow. million, Mike. So anyways, I'm just saying. Hopefully now he's lost enough money that he won't buy Twitter. That's a fact. Anyways, uh <laughs> Mike, I've got a story that is offensively Texas. Ooh. This is okay. not this is not a Florida story, listeners. This is a Texas story. Yeah! So, a man in West Texas, in the county of Loving, Loving County, he was arrested for stealing stray cattle and selling them. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the man was arrested after a year-long investigation by Texas Rangers who were working with the Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. Word. Mm. Wow. On top of that, the dude who was arrested was the top elected official in the county. The county judge, 71-year-old Skeet Jones. Sweet. <laughs> Great name. Yes. Yes. Now, in case you weren't aware, listeners, what goes down, what went down with Skeet here is, uh, you know, in these places with cattle ranching, every now and then a cow may get loose. And uh, they're wandering around away from its ranch. 
and let's say the said cow winds up in your yard or field, you see it, it's your responsibility to call the officials and be like, hey, I got a cow that's not mine in my yard. Skeet, on the other hand, was not doing this. Skeet uh, was like, hey, I'm going to sell this cow. And he did sell the cow, you know. And obviously, you know, it's not bad. It's not like you're, you know, selling Ferraris, but you can make a, a pretty good amount off of a cow, you know? Dr. E, isn't that, didn't we talk about that on a previous show that it's like punishable by death in a state or something? Uh, maybe it was a cat, maybe it had to do with a horse or something, but it mm. was like a wild law. Maybe mm. it's an old law. All right, maybe Dr. E, we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll yeah, put a foot in a follow we'll, up we'll on it, back. Mike. That's we'll going to really take, that's going to take some research. I, I, I want to say it was like New Mexico or something. There was mm. like a law or is, I don't know. I, I, old show. I, I I I think I remember what you're talking about. I I don't want to say it's an animal. I know I know right around when uh, the the first shows you were on, we had a uh, we had a law about cutting down cactuses. That uh, was maybe it was cutting down cactuses. Uh, yeah, you know was, one of those Western type things. <laughs> yeah, or, sorry, sorry, listeners, cacti, cacti. cacti. Uh, regardless, anyways. Uh, back to Skeet. Um, I do have to say, I, I, I looked I looked at this, and I first of all have to say, it's not too surprising, but they had a couple of pictures of Skeet, and they had a couple of pictures of Skeet in the courtroom, like, before he was arrested, like, actually doing his job as judge. And I gotta say, he looks exactly like a bad guy from the show Dallas. Like... <laughs> Exactly. For any youngsters out there confused, Dallas was a 1980s TV show. There were cowboy hats, oil rigs, cows. It had it all. It was all Texas. So true. And this guy looks exactly like a dude from that show. Like, nice. Spot on. I also black, have to. Black cowboy hat. Uh, yeah, just to signify evil guy. Bad hat. Yeah. <laughs> Bad hat. Um, I also, I mean, I know the listeners aren't surprised, but let's be honest. The judge's name is Skeet. That's just awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I also have to say, like, Skeet, what's wrong with you, man? You're 71. You're the county judge. Can't you find a more relaxing, easy way to steal money from people than having to herd up cattle, taking them to your local livestock auction with, like... And, like, I mean, you had to, like, conceal your identity... Well, you go into the livestock auction with like glasses and a fake mustache, <laughs> like, hey, Frank. No, no, no. I know it looked like Skeet, but I'm not. That's weird that you would say that, but I'm not Skeet. I'm just here, Frank, <laughs> to sell my cattle. Like, is this. Hmm. Come on, Skeet, get it together. Anyways, Skeet was arrested. Skeet was arrested. L uh, hopefully, everybody will be holding down their cattle from now on, you know? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hoping. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back here on the Doc G Show. This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And this Rock and Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig?
back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, to avoid FOMO, that's the fear <laughs> of missing out. If nice. you have already missed the beginning of the show, don't miss out. Go back and listen to it. We describe how to avoid the fear of that. In fact, if you had already listened to the beginning of the show before you listened to this, you wouldn't be worried about not have listening to the beginning of the show. Huh? If that hmm. circular logic makes any sense. It, it doesn't. Does. I think it no. does. No, 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 it doesn't. No. <laughs> Anyways, listeners, if, if you want to avoid all of this nonsense, just subscribe to the show. Actually, I guess you'd be getting all of this nonsense. But anyway, it, 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 <laughs> the circular logic today, Mike, there's too much of it. There's too much of it. Uh, we need to thank the people that deal with us on a weekly basis, Mike. Mm -hmm. We need to thank them. And these folks are the regulars, and we are very appreciative of their listens. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Gainesville, Florida, Radford, Virginia, Ashburn, Virginia, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Peoria, Illinois, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Biloxi, Mississippi, Richardson, Texas, Katy, Texas, and Toms River, New Jersey. New Jersey. There we go. There we go. Semi-regulars. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Apex, North Carolina, Halifax, Canada, Irvine, California, Moscow, Russia, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Tarpon Springs, Florida, San Juan, Trinidad and Tobago, San Francisco, California, Barnsley, United Kingdom, Gulf Breeze, Florida, Adelaide, Australia, Dallas, Texas, Guadalajara, Mexico, Portland, Oregon, and Mountain View, California. Shout out. Nice. There we go. Yeah, had some good internationals there. Moscow trying to make it back on the on the regulars. I see you, Moscow. You get back up there, Moscow. You do it. You do it. Barnsley, United Kingdom. They used to be regulars for a while. Barnsley, you need to get back up there. Portland, you also used to be regulars. Mountain View, they also used to be regulars. Come on, guys. Get all up there. Let's be all a happy party in regulars. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Mike, we need to pull out. Previously on the Doc G Show. Ooh, okay. Previously on the Doc G Show. This really is just a correction, Mike. It's just a, it's just a correction. But uh, I realized, again, when I was going back, going through the show, taking notes on how I'm stupid, uh, I realized <laughs> when I was talking about this great art piece that is behind me in the uh, studio from our land, I said the 95 boys. Huh? Instead of 95 South, the group. It's the 69 mm. boys and the 95 South group. <laughs> what am I doing, Mike? Again, uh, 90s hip-hop fans heard this and were like, I can't listen to this show anymore. This is <laughs> nope. this show's not for me. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize, listeners. I apologize. I will follow up, though. We've already got two follow-ups for next week. I'm very excited. Very excited about follow-ups, Mike. I know me you too. like follow-ups, too. I love yes. Them. Yes. Mike, we have uh, two stories here that I didn't get to that are eh, pretty solid. 
pretty solid stories. Okay. Uh, this first story is from Atlanta. Uh, so this story is uh, a story of multiple what not to do's. <laughs> On, like, every angle of this story, we have multiple what-not-to-dos. Mm. So, a man was driving down the Greenbrier Parkway in Atlanta in his red Mustang after having dropped his daughter off at school. The man in the Mustang then was apparently cut off by another car driven by Quincy Adams Rogers in traffic. Now... Mike, if you're keeping track, that was the first minor what not to do. Cut somebody off in traffic. It's a mm -hmm. very minor one, though. Minor one. We're going to escalate yeah. it really, really high here, coming fast. Um, so, Rogers was not happy with the cutoff, so he decided to drive past the man in the red Mustang, pull out his gun, and give him... I guess a warning shot? Just, you know, shoot at the car casually. Yeah, just a little warning shot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just shoot, yeah. So, listeners, if you're uh, paying attention, mark that <laughs> down as a major second what not to do. So true. Don't fire warning shots when people cut you off. Mm -hmm. What not to do. The man in the Mustang then was like, did that guy... That guy could just shoot at me? Girl, come on. I'm going to follow that guy. So he decides to follow Quincy Adam Rogers all the way to Quincy Adam Rogers' house. Which, again, listeners, that's a third pretty serious what not to do. The dude just shot at you. The correct response would be call the police and turn in the other direction. Yes. Give them the license plate and get the F out of there. That's what you're going to do. Not follow them. Anyways, he followed Quincy Adam Rogers. Quincy Adam Rogers gets to his house, goes into the house, and comes out with multiple guns to shoot the man in the red Mustang, hmm. which he did. He started firing at him with an assault rifle. Which, again, if you're keeping tally, listeners, is another very what not to do. Now, mm -hmm. there was a correct decision at one point, though, Mike. After being shot at, the man in the Mustang said, when talking to reporters and police, quote, he decided not to use his own gun to defend himself and instead got the police involved. He said, I could have shot him at that point, but now, if I do that, I'm in the back of that car. And I got to prove whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, we got we to gotta blot him, right? At least, finally, there was a correct decision made. Mm -hmm. Correct decision made. Now, uh, Mike... Uh, it's been a long time since we've done it on the show, but I'm going to say it right now. Getting cut off in traffic. Not a reason to shoot somebody. Yeah. Not, not a reason, a listeners. No. Not a reason. Uh, uh, a reason to give somebody the finger? Hmm. Eh? 
Yeah. I, I, I'm not usually that person, but I can understand. No, you know? I'm usually just, like, surprised. I'm the person that's just like, what? What? <clears throat> what just happened? Did they almost murder me? They did. Like, you know, like... <laughs> That's usually me. It's not usually I, you got to catch me on a on a real bad day to actually have some kind of like angry response to that person. You know? And usually it's just the death glare, you know? Usually it's just mm. like mm. typical, yeah, mm. just like of course you would look like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of Anyways. Course. Yeah, I knew it. Uh Mike, let's merge our two earlier topics. We're gonna merge hey. shootings <laughs> and McDonald's here in this next Merging. story. Yeah, cut Pun. off those stories. Pun. <laughs> uh, police in Atlanta would like folks to know that after investigate. And by the way, listeners, if you don't remember, the last story was in Atlanta too. Seems there may be a little bit of a gun problem going on. Um, mm. But police would like listeners or uh, uh, folks to know in Atlanta that after an investigation, they have determined that the shooting at a Taco Bell on Industrial Boulevard, which happened early in the morning last Wednesday, had nothing to do with the shooting that occurred at the McDonald's just a couple hours after the Taco Bell shooting that's 100 yards down the road. Hmm. It's not very far. They weren't related, listeners. This is just America. So, it's just... <laughs> that's all that's going on here. The police were literally still collecting evidence at the Taco Bell when shots started going off at the McDonald's. And they're just like, oh. Well, it's right down there. You want to just head down? <laughs> I guess we'll head down there next after we get all the deets here. So you were getting a crunch wrap supreme, and then the shots started coming out. Okay, that's a real item, Mike. I've never had a crunch wrap supreme. Never done it. I have. They're amazing. You have? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, I'd eat anything from Taco Bell, and oh, I used yeah, to good. eat everything from Taco Bell, but that was never. It was just something I never got down on. I usually went with the staples, you know, just the just the tacos. I just get you know just just a beef supreme taco, man. Yeah, you can never just, go wrong with those. Just that dump in a tortilla, I'm fine with that. Let's go with it, you know? That's, yeah, pretty let's much. Let's do it. It's delicious. It's amazing. And anyway, anyway, I got sidetracked. Mike, there's a Zaxby's in between the Taco Bell and McDonald's. Mm, great I spot. Sort of, I sort of wondered, spot, <laughs> I wondered if at the Zaxby's on Wednesday morning, they're like, should we open? Should we? <laughs> seems like... Seems like fast food restaurants on this road are a bit of a target right now. Maybe, maybe wait until, maybe wait until Thursday. I don't know. Mm, yeah. But like, I mean, this isn't the OK Saloon in 1869, Mike. Like, the answer to every life's problem isn't gun. That's not. It's not it. It's not it, listeners. I'm yeah, just no, saying. it's not. Just saying. Anyways, Mike, last story before we go to break here. A lady has gone viral on TikTok because, yes. of course, right? Uh, yes. she, made, she made a video explaining why ancient Greek statues and ancient Greek art 
Always have dudes with small Hmm. Very important topic, Mike. Very yeah. important. Uh, Rudy Rain, which sounds like a very made-up name, but Rudy Rain uh, had a video that she said, Have you ever wondered why so many of the ancient Greek statues have colossal muscular physiques and yet a tiny package? Hmm. To which, of course, I said, uh, no, Rudy. I've always thought the Greek statues have extremely well-endowed men. Am I missing? Am I missing something? I can't. I mean, good Lord. We're not shoving double-A batteries up there. Am I right? God, jeez. That's, that's for the regular listeners out there. Had a story about a dude in Iran shoving a double-A battery up his which is oh my gosh insane just nobody wants that yeah, nobody anyways mike she goes on to say that it turns out in ancient greece having a smaller package was considered a sign of virtue of civility self-control or discipline hmm that's nice yeah. So first off, Mike, let's applaud TikTok for a great use of everyone's time. Nicely done. Thank you, TikTok. Statue pictures. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. 40 million views. <laughs> it's, it. Uh, I think last I saw it was 5 million and change, so it hasn't gone uh, super viral. But, you okay. know. Uh, but it is true, Mike. Historian Paul Crystal has conducted research into this ancient ideal, and he said, quote, the small penis was uh, consonant with Greek ideals of male beauty. He wrote this in the in his book Bed in Bed with the Ancient Greeks, which was published in 2016. He said, "Quote: It was a badge of the highest culture and a paragon of civilization." Yes, yes. Mike, let's go out and spread the word. Let's spread the word that having a tiny is a badge of, of culture, a badge yes. of civility. We seriously won't be labeled as the two dudes that have tiny that are trying to make it cool. Oh, <laughs> uh, here comes the tiny gang again. Oh, God. He's going to tell me how important it is that we need to have one. Why are they wearing robes? <laughs> that also is a sign of culture, a-holes. Eh, All right? Get with it. Jeez. I will say it is interesting, you know? It's just interesting how the 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 image of beauty changes and how we can just change it. I mean, do you ever wonder, though, like the people, the, the folks that were sitting around there, like ladies maybe in ancient Greek culture, were like, oh. hmm. It's like this big. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not it's not doing much for me but yeah i don't i don't i feel like there had to be like one like at least one that was like you know this is i mean i get it it's very it's very culture centric guys i understand but it's not pleasing it's not pleasing at all like i, I don't anyways guys we are gonna take a so break we are going to be right back with the one, the only, Famu Sami, also known as Lexi Stevenson herself, right here on the Doc G Show.
Rock G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are very excited to be talking to Lexi Stevenson, better known in the music world as Famu Sami. She's got her new single out, Chocolate Bay, right now. Lexi, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. I uh, I had to ask before we came on how I pronounced your music moniker there. I got to ask, how did you come up with it? So uh, my dad actually came up with it. Uh, he, I, I swam competitively all throughout middle school and high school and Famu Sami means to burn the water. I also grew up uh, sailing with him. So it kind of translated to both. So whenever, you know, he came to any of my swim meets or we were sailing, you know, he'd always be like, go Famu Sami or, you know, the posters would always say Famu Sami. And, um, I was having a really hard time choosing an artist's name because I wanted it to be separate from acting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I could not think of one. And then my dad was like, oh my gosh, Bamu saw me. And I was like, of course, perfect. <laughs> there it is. I like it. Undercover. It's good. I always like an yeah. undercover nickname that, like, you know, it's you, but it's not you. That's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's always good. Well, how's everything in LA? Good. It's uh, the weather is getting warmer, which mm -hmm. I mean, kind of an up and down, but you know, other than that, it's it's very good. I love LA. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, you know, for the listeners that don't know, your your hometown is Maine, um, and it's yeah. fifty five and raining in your hometown in Maine. That's uh, yeah. No, <laughs> it's no a little different. <laughs> no, thank you. No, that's 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 tough. Uh, do you miss your hometown? You know, it's funny. I actually do. I feel as though a lot of people move out of their hometown to LA, and they're like, "Thank God, you know, I don't. Thank God, I got out." Um, Maine, though, I actually really love it. I love the snow. I love skiing. I love snowmobiling. I love sailing. Um, all of that good stuff. So I, I, I do. I miss it a lot sometimes. But um, you know, my my job is here, and you know, the things I need to do are here. And I don't know if I want to go back to living full time in Maine, but I definitely, definitely miss it. Well, now it's. Uh, I think I heard your family is in Vinyl Haven now. Yes. Yep. Now that that's that's an island, correct? Yes. Yeah. It's an island off the coast of Maine. And um, you take about a 45 minute ferry boat ride to get out there. And But the ferry ride is gorgeous. Uh, you can also fly out there, which is like a 15 minute plane ride. But I always recommend the ferry because I think it's really pretty. That's out, that's out there. I mean, no, yeah. 
<laughs> no, no bridges. No, no, there are no bridges. <laughs> I don't know. I get a little worried in those situations. Like, what if I have an emergency here? What am I gonna do? I don't know. You gotta have. Yeah, when it's when it's foggy, it can get a little precarious and a little scary. But mm. um, on the you know on the sunny days, you can see from Rockland is the mainland, so you can see from Rockland to Vinyl Haven and vice versa. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well. Now, uh, I did. I did want to say, speaking of, of Vinyl Haven, I did want to say I'm sorry to hear about your grandmother. Um, uh, she seemed like a fantastic lady. Uh, yeah, no, she was amazing. Do you do you have a fantastic grandma story from Maine that you can think of offhand that just would put her this? Because I saw a couple montages of just great videos you had of her, uh, the fantastic yeah. nails. Uh, fantastic money running down there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, no, that was a huge, um, pardon me if I get a little teary eyed, but uh, she, um, that was definitely a huge testament to who she was. She was just very, very, very fun, very open minded. Um, she was, she was an amazing woman that I, I, I mean, I've never really met anything like her. I've, I don't even think I can come up with, you know, maybe one story. I I do actually have a story that came up very recently. The day before she passed away, um, she did get to hear my new single and she was listening to it. And she said, uh, she said, I don't think that's about ice cream. <laughs> and, um, you know, so right up until, you know, right up until the end, she always had an amazing sense of humor. And when she was younger, you know, she wore combat boots and smoked cigars. And she, you know, she's just, she was so awesome and so amazing. And um, she was a, hu a huge part in raising me and who I am. So it's, it's been difficult, but I just, She's such a tough cookie that it, it it's I'm so grateful she got to live that long. She sounded like, she sounds like uh, a great lady if she could say that the, the up yeah, the day exactly. before she passed away that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Now, are all your relatives in Maine? So all of us are from Maine, um, but my on my dad's side, my grandparents now live down in Florida. Both of my parents still, you know, live on Vinyl Haven in Maine. A lot of my cousins do. Um, my some of my aunts and uncles do. Uh, or I have one uncle actually that lives out here with me. So or nice. two uncles that live out here with me. So nice. yeah, but yeah. Now I don't I don't have any blood relatives in Maine, but listeners do know uh, we've got a couple of uh, of adopted sisters, if you will, uh, in Maine. Sue and Lee, they came on our show a while back. They are um, Instagram uh, phenoms. Uh, oh, awesome! On, on uh, speaking of open minded, on Instagram, their handle is uh, four twenty old fat lesbians. Um, oh, I love that. That's so, <laughs> they are two older gals that happen to be lesbians that love to smoke marijuana, and they're fantastic. That's, that's epic. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yes, yes. And they live near uh, Belfast, and I've been telling them if I, uh, I've been telling them I'm going to go up and visit them. We're gonna, we're gonna hang out one time, and I, and I need you to do it. To. <laughs> uh, if I go up and visit my ladies, and I'm looking for a place to eat. Where's my go-to restaurant that you would tell me in like all of Maine that I would need to go to? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. I have a lot, but um, 
I'm a big fan of bakeries and small, you know, small, smaller. Um, it's definitely not a chain restaurant. It's called Wild Oats mm-hmm. and they make the best. I mean, it's mostly pretty healthy food, but um, they make really good sandwiches and they have awesome baked goods and uh, some unique stuff there. It's in Brunswick where I went to high school. So it's, Wild Oats. I always went there like every morning, every when I had break on lunch my senior year for dinner, like it didn't matter. <laughs> that's that's the comfort spot then. That's that the, is the comfort spot. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I'm I'm telling I'm telling Sue and Lee we're headed to Wild Oats. It's going down. Yes, and I think that's only it's like an hour and a half from Belfast, so it's not too bad. We can always road trip. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but now I've uh, I've seen a lot of interviews where you mentioned you you started young as far as just knowing what you wanted to do. Um, yeah. I feel like there there's a lot of parents probably in Maine that if their kid were like, hey, I want to act, I want right. to sing, they'd be like, yeah. um, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, uh, I'm guessing, though, your parents, were they supportive? Were they just like, let's get it? Yeah, um, I would say, you know, it wasn't without kind of telling me, you know, my mom, you know, she she is a doctor and a lawyer. She did a lot of schooling. So, you know, I think always her big thing, you know, when I told her I didn't want to go to college, uh, she, you know, her heart probably skipped a few beats there. But um she's always been so supportive as well as my dad. Um, I could not have asked for more supportive parents. Again, I think, you know, especially my mom coming from such an open-minded household uh, and my dad, you know, as well, I think they just kind of, um, you know, I never felt scared or, you know, and and they've always taught me to not be scared. So I think I just kind of was like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it and I don't care how I do it, but I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, when you're in Maine, obviously it's not the hottest spot for acting right. gigs. How how do you get yourself into singing or acting there? Like, what were the options? Yeah, so uh, I, you know, I told my mom that I wanted to that I wanted to sing and go into music, and that was kind of how it all started. She started searching online for I, th- I'm, I think she started searching online. I'm not sure how she heard about uh, Rebecca Beck, who was my voice coach. Mm-hmm. So I went to her, and she ran a performing arts center, basically, mm-hmm. and they had a bunch of musical theater because, you know, as you said, Maine is not a hot spot for that type of stuff. So there's not many opportunities to kind of showcase singing and you know there's not much I could do past uh taking voice lessons and you know the recording studio there's one nice recording studio there but other than that there wasn't you know I couldn't perform so you know we um I started doing musical theater and then I said oh hey I really love acting and uh I think that's kind of what a lot of people don't know is I actually started in music and then went into acting because I think I love them both a lot, but it was, you know, whichever one takes off first and gets my foot in the door so that I'm able to do both and mm-hmm. act just, you know, I booked Young and the Restless and that was, that was how that. I, yeah, and that was that. And now I feel like I'm able to handle doing both and kind of ready. I mean, anxiety played a lot in that and not being ready to release music, but uh, now I've, I'm in a place where I can, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I want to get to that as far as the releasing music, obviously. But uh, before we get there, you, yeah. I heard you talking about in a previous interview testing testing the waters 
uh, just having a chance to go out to LA and you bu- you met with a bunch of like managers and agents and they right. all basically almost all of them were like, yeah, we'll sign you. And yeah. <laughs> and like I feel like as a 17 year old, it's got to be impossible not to go to your head. Like when they were telling you that, were you like, well, obviously I'm going to be the next Beyonce meets Meryl Street. That's who I'm going to be. Yeah, like, yeah, it's 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 funny because I think um, when I did come out and I met with all of them, I think I was actually really surprised. However, you know, and I've, I've said this in other interviews as well, that when I booked The Young and the Restless coming from Maine, it 100% went to my head. My ego went like straight up. And um, it was it, it, it was a blessing and a curse because the curse is that obviously we don't want a big ego. I don't want to be, you know, one of these people who is, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but the blessing is, is that I did learn very quickly that is not the type of entertainer I want to be. And that's not the type of person I want to be. So kind of coming off the show was like, OK, Lexi, um, it was humbling mm-hmm. <laughs> is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important for anybody in this industry to go through because it's, it is very easy to let it go to your head. Yeah. Very, yeah. Well, now, before you moved, because you, you moved out not long after uh, that sort of testing the waters. Uh, right. Were you diagnosed with endometriosis before uh, you moved out, or was it after you moved to L.A.? Oh, my gosh. I think it was before. Yeah, it was before I moved to L.A. It was before. It was my senior. It was my senior year in high school. So there was no, you know, there was no real question of it stopping your dreams of what you wanted to do. No, not at all. I mean, I knew there wasn't a cure for it, but that not at all. And and it and it has come up in question, of course, you know, with jobs, is this going to affect you? And, you know, I always say no. I have my um and my emergency endometriosis attack kit, mm-hmm. which I bring with me everywhere. And, you know, it has everything I would need to be able to get through a day. And it has never failed me. So, um, you know, it's also kind of the benefit of having a mom who's a doctor, <laughs> you know, be able to help me navigate all of that. Uh, but it was very important to me that that never limited me in any way. Did you, were you ever like, uh, because I know with some things like that, some people feel embarrassed about it. Were Like when you first diagnosed with it, were you like, oh, maybe I shouldn't tell like, you know, potential jobs, potential roles that, that have this? Yeah, no, I actually had a full conversation about it with my parents about whether or not I should be an advocate because, um, you know, some, you know, casting directors or directors or producers could say, okay, you know, here's her and here's this other candidate who could be better for the job because they don't have, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that to me felt wrong and selfish. And I didn't want to, um, because I do have a platform, and if I'm not using that for good, then it's pointless anyway, you know? So yeah. it's kind of doing this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, it not stopping you, you went ahead and went to L.A., and uh, I saw that you drove across the country with your dad, which... <laughs> yes, I did. Was that a fast drive or a slow drive? Like, did you... you- know, it was- it was supposed to be slow and I would, you know, I'm not, I hate driving. It's no secret. My, my boyfriend makes fun of me for it all the time. My parents, yeah, I hate driving. <laughs> um, but we were in the car on our way to, you know, on our way to LA and we're supposed to be switch, 
I'm switching on and off. And my dad, you know, would say, okay, like take a nap. I'm going to stop at, you know, whatever, a Motel 8 holiday and whatever, uh, around, you know, in four, three or four hours, um, in this spot. Mm-hmm. And I wake up at like 5am and we are still going. And I'm thinking to myself, I look over and I'm like, dad, what are you doing? And he just, he could drive all night. So that it was, it was very quick. We always made the pit stops, but it was kind of a difference between making that pit stop at 12 in the afternoon or 5 a.m. So, so no like Grand Canyon stops, like amazing. No, no, we did. I mean, we made probably some, you know, we did the, uh, the Cadillac farm or all those Cadillacs Mm -hmm. or we did route 66 Mm -hmm. is what we took. Um, the the Southern one. And, uh, so we saw the Cadillac farm, which I really wanted to see. We saw the arch and, Oh my God. I'm so bad at geography. St. Louis. Yeah. St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And, um, we saw, you know, some of the old gas stations that I wanted, you know, abandoned gas stations, some abandoned places that I really wanted to see. Uh, but we took it, we took it right from Chicago at the very start and we took it all the way to the Santa Monica Pier, which like we didn't stop to see the apartment. We didn't stop for anything. We decided to go straight to the Santa Monica Pier at like 12 a.m. So. It's necessary. We have to complete the whole road or it doesn't we count. Have to complete the mission. Yeah, exactly. Nice. But now... So you were you were in LA for about seven months before you landed the Young and the Restless role, and I heard yeah. you were really sort of homesick. Actually, like you were about sort of thinking about moving back to Maine uh, before yeah. right right before you got that uh, role. What were what were the first seven months like? Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think, you know, anyone who I meet who, you know, who first moves out here, I'm like, listen, the first year is going to be the worst because it's hard to meet people. It's hard to meet genuine people. It's hard to, you know, build the, I mean, for me, it was, and I've heard some similar stories, uh, but it was really, really hard, especially at the time because uh, my my boyfriend at the time was in Maine. So I think mm. that also made it a little bit more difficult. My, you know, my entire family was in Maine. They weren't, you know, my parents were still working. So it was very hard for me to see anyone. Um, I did have my aunt and uncle out here who I lived with and they made things a lot easier. Otherwise, I probably would have gone back a lot sooner. But um yeah, it wasn't easy, that's for sure. But, you know, we uh, we, we make it work. And my best friend, she was also down in, at Arizona and Tucson at the college there. So I'd get to see her as well, which kind of helped, but wasn't easy. <laughs> do, you, do you think, I mean, do you think some of it had to do with sort of the expectation that you had after meeting with those sort of agents and managers and being like, well, obviously, I'm going to dominate yeah. this town? Yeah, no, I think, you know, it's funny. Um, I... I don't think so. I think it was really just the homesick. No, I, I, I don't think so. Um, it, it's totally possible that it could have been some of that. Okay, why isn't this happening as soon as I thought it would, especially because I hadn't spent a lot of time out here before then. Yeah. And then kind of seeing the comp- the competition pool, I was like, okay, uh, I should go back to college, you know, and try to learn something, I guess. But, you know, then <laughs> I burnt, I, I, I booked the, the Young and the Restless. So it ended up, you know, keeping me out here, which I'm happy it did because yeah. now I'm really understanding more so what it takes to be out here and, you know, 
not to toot my own horn or anything, but I'm a pretty good actress and it's hard to book. Them. It is really, really, really hard because there's so many talented people and beautiful people and, you know, everybody's got something going on. So it just makes the competition pool pretty oh. intense. A hundred percent. A hundred. Now, when you uh, book the young, the rec- uh, restless, uh, you're, you're fresh on the scene there and you're making shows with some of these folks, like I, that used to be my mom's jam. Like she always yeah. watched Young and the Restless, and like yeah. so, I remember watching not because I wanted to watch it, because she was watching it when I was like five. And I checked, and the guy Victor is still on there. He's been on there because I was like, yeah. When I was thinking of questions, I was like, eh, I wonder what it was like acting with some of these people that have been doing this show and he's been doing the show for like 40 years like that's obviously longer than you've been alive than, yeah, exactly. i mean <laughs> like what what was something with a group that is so like veteran as far as that what, what's something you totally just didn't expect like when you started the show you were just like really i didn't see that yeah, coming no. I definitely, um, I think a huge, it was such a positive thing, but what I did not expect was how much of a family they would become to me so quickly. I mean, uh, excuse my French, but they would give me so much. Like they were like joking around. I mean, it was all fun. You know what I mean? But it was just like, I was like, wow, you know, we're all best friends here, you know, especially my mom and dad on the show and, you know, uh, Noah, the guy who plays my brother and he's to this day is still my best guy friend. You know, they all be, and I all, I, I literally still go to them for advice, even though I'm not filming with them anymore every day, but, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, I was very surprised by how family like it so quickly. Less less business, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, uh, shout out to to Noah. He is a Jacksonville shout original, out. so we have to shout him out on the show. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> well, now you so you finish up uh, the Young and Restless in 2021, and it, it's sort of like it, it's sort of like you said you alluded to earlier. I, I've I've noticed in in interviews and other things like even though you love acting and it's a huge right. deal it seems like you've always had an eye on singing like yeah yeah no it yeah yeah <laughs> when did you decide that you were going to like you know start putting music out in earnest uh so i think i tried to decide probably 2 years ago um and then i tried to decide again a year ago and then this year um i just kind of Eyes closed, you know, head first, dove into the, you know, and was just like, okay, here it is. We're doing it, you know. Um, and I, I, I don't know. That's probably, it's probably in like December, maybe. I okay. decided that, yeah, maybe around that time um, that I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, you know. And my dad, of course, was like, okay, if I'm gonna pay for studio time, you know, then that kind of held the accountability of having to release it. Mm-hmm. So he he paid for that. And then I was like, okay, he's paying for this. I got to, you know, there's no option. We have to put it out. And um, 
And that was good because it actually wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. So, <laughs> well, now I noticed in a post on Instagram, you you said that it uh, it was some of your your boyfriend Chris that that encouraged you and gave you the confidence to release music. Was I mean, was he there in December? Like, just do it. Just yeah, yeah. I think you know he. Chris is the perfect combination of tough love and, uh, you know, nurturing love. And <laughs> I think it was kind of a combination of, no, you're great. You're great. You're great. Okay. Lexi, you either want to do it or you don't, you know, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, but like, yeah. do it or don't, you know, and, um, and I think kind of the combination of the two, it hit a point where it's like, okay, we're either going to do music or, what wait until we're 40 or you know yeah. and decide at that point which you know you can but Just, i do think i want i wanted to start earlier than that so. for sure for sure <laughs> well now uh chris we we talked about uh some of your uh, health issues there but your boyfriend he's dealt with some crazy health issues uh yeah <laughs> there, there's a great article for the listeners interested uh detail in his journey uh, written by David Gardner there in the New York Times, had a super serious case of uh, acute disseminated encephalitis, cephalitis, yeah. uh, which is, uh, it, it just wrecked his MBA career. Um, yeah. Did you meet him after uh, when I he was recovering? So it's funny. No, I actually met him before. Um, and I think that uh chris you know I, I think he's pretty open about it chris was very um hesitant with women because of course there is that kind of okay you're an mba player you're gonna make a lot of money you know mm -hmm. gimme 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 <laughs> and um yeah and uh and i don't blame him you know and i think you know so i'd met him before when he was playing at ucla was at the you know tip top and you know, I think he probably was a little surprised that when he did end up with Adam, like I was still there. I said, and I told him, I said, if you can never walk again, I don't care. I still want to be with you. And I, because I'm in love with him, not his career. Uh, and yeah, it, it definitely wasn't easy for anybody to, to watch him go through, but you know, it, he's made the best. I don't, I don't, I, to this day, I have no idea how he has that much mental toughness. I don't get it, but you know. <laughs> well, now listeners of the show know we are fans of basketball here. And I did notice on his Instagram, he posted a pic just a couple weeks ago, deadlifting 405 pounds. Is he going to be trying out for some NBA teams again? I don't want to speak on anything for him. Okay. Um, okay. But... Yeah, I don't want to speak on anything for him, but he is um, getting in shape. He's getting in shape. <laughs> yeah, so we'll put it that way. He's definitely a little sexy. No, he's, <laughs> he's getting ripped again. I was. Yes, I, he definitely is. <laughs> I was. I was impressed. I mean, four oh five. I'm not picking that up. I've got two twig legs. That's not happening. Nope. No. It's funny. The day he posted that, he came home and I said, "Do you think I can lift it?" And he said, "If you want to come to the gym tomorrow and try, you can." And I was like, "No, I'm kidding." <laughs> 
<laughs> it's uh, that's that's some that's some hefty weight. Four plates on each side. That's not a joke. That's that's no, no joke. No joke. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of that ripped, he was the inspiration for the song. He is the uh, Chocolate Bay Muse. Uh, yes, he is. He's Chocolate Bay. <laughs> I I feel like it takes a little while before you break out the news that you wrote a song like that to somebody you're going out with because i heard it was like it was like right after you met him and you sort right. of came up with the the idea how long was it after you wrote it before you were like hey so i wrote this song maybe about you <laughs> yeah no i actually um so when chris when when I first met Chris, um, I, one of my friends, you know, we, when I very first met him, I think we were on our second, like, hangout, you know, he made a joke, once you go black, you never go back. And then I kind of thought to myself, okay, I, I want to write about that, but I want to write it in a way that's not so blunt. I want to write it in a funny way, because Chris is also very funny, a huge jokester mm -hmm. all of the time. Um, and I kind of... I don't know. I think I, I I used that within that. So I, I it was very quick for me to show him just because he was so he was so funny and he kind of I'm like, listen, dude, you said once you go back, you never go back. So of course I'm gonna write a song about it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I actually showed him pretty I'd say pretty quickly, I think if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> they've got they've got a saying about me too. Uh once you go with Ben. You'll be disappointed, but it's no, 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 no. Oh, no. sad, but it's accurate as well. So it's uh, it's, it's <laughs> uh, no, it uh, I I love the the feeling, the energy of the song. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's just so sort of uh, you know happy. It's 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 vibrant. It shows that sort of. I think funness in in both probably the in the relationship in its own. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, now I noticed uh, in that post where you were talking about Chris being an inspiration to release music, you also yeah. said that you've got a lot of other songs. How many yeah. songs do you have? Um, like, uh, so I have a, like, I have a bunch that I've kind of written to and, um, some I've recorded a while ago, they all need to be re-recorded, which is what I'm in the process of doing right now. But, uh, probably ones that I'm like a hundred percent sure I want to release two to three. Okay. Uh, but there's, there's room for other ones to maybe be released if I rewrote them or, you know, maybe have the track updated. Um, but there's. There's a few that you know I've written to over the years and can go back and find and 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 stuff, but um, they're definitely a different vibe than Chocolate Bay, I would say, uh, just because Chris has been the most fun I've had in a relationship. Whereas, of course, you write about your experience, mm -hmm. and the next song I'm coming out with is not uh, sad experience. It, yeah, it was not a good experience for me. So, you know, and I also wrote that as I was coming out of that relationship, um, I had met Chris. Uh, so I had actually written that before Chocolate Bay. And I think that, but I wanted to come out with Chocolate Bay first because I wanted that to kind of be 
you know, I wanted I wanted him to get the first single release as opposed to something that wasn't positive. A, a happy arrival. I like it. Right. A happy arrival. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like it. Well, now, so I'm guessing it's going to be a bit of a uh, a single game here as far as releasing singles. No, no, no album right now. I would say, so I think kind of my plan right now is I release this single and then I'm going to release another single and then I'm going to release the album. So I am working on an album right now. The single, the next single I have coming is written, uh, recorded, but a really horrible recording that I recorded like five years ago. It's just awful. But um, but now re-recording that and then I'll come out with that one and then uh one of the other songs that I have written to, I know I want to put that in the album and kind of have that be the vibe. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Now, are you, uh, I mean, you've said you've, you've written all these songs. Are you partial to writing every single song? Or are you open to co-writing and working with other folks? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm definitely open to co-writing. I would say uh, the only thing that I am pretty strict on is I don't want to sing about anything I haven't been through. Uh, so that's really the only thing. And if and if there's a lyric in there that's like, whoa, that is so not what happened or so not me. Uh, you know, other than other than that, I'm totally open to to collaborating and, and I enjoy it. Now, if I could if I could hook you up with any musician in the world to work with right now, if you if you had any chance to make a hit song with anyone, who who would you be thinking of? Who would you tell me to call up? Doja Cat. <laughs> Not too well, long. Not too long on that one. No, I, I, I love, I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, she was, she was looking fantastic. Where did I, I just see her recently. She was at some award ceremony, just looking. Her style recently has been so cool. She's been wearing all these like kind of almost, I don't even want to call it ragged, but they're like, you know, she has all the like mm -hmm. clothing. Her outfits are like on point all the time. I'm kind of, she's my inspiration. If you couldn't tell. She's, <laughs> she, she's good inspiration. She is definitely yeah. good inspiration to go with. Now, uh, for the, so you've got, uh, for, for 2022, are you predominantly focused on music or is it is it like you said because i know you said as a bit of a balance of both are you trying to get in both during the year yeah i think um there's so much downtime with acting so i will usually have about an audition a day so if i have an audition a day the most that that will usually take up is an hour for the self-tape or even if i have to go in that usually won't last an hour um so i've kind of found myself with the rest of the day, um, unless I have, you know, acting class or something or, you know, an interview or whatever, uh, with nothing to do. So I was like, okay, there is no more excuses to not be writing or going into the studio or, you know, cause a lot of people have a five to nine job and my job is obviously, you know, way more lax, but I also don't want to become lazy in like the midst of all of that. And there's just, there's no excuses. So, you know, here we are, I guess it's, I'm focusing on both. Um, especially, you know, because right now I, I have the time and the ability to do so. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Now, uh, as far as 
the single that's coming out next. I don't want to. I don't want to overlook Chocolate Bay, obviously. But like, can no worries. It, it can. It can we have? Do you have a name for the next one, or is the single title not out? That's so funny because one of my girlfriends yesterday, we were at dinner with her and her family and they were all asking me, well, what do you want to call it? And, you know, kind of when we're sending back and forth the demo between me and the producer, mm -hmm. um, he, and it's the same producer actually who produced chocolate, the track to chocolate Bay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we had named it. What have we started just because that's the, the chorus and, you know, me and this guy, I don't want to give him any, like, don't give him any credit. Yeah, no, we don't need I don't credit. Anything, but um, you know, it was definitely it was a very toxic situation, and for whatever reason, like it just we never even officially dated. We just kept finding each other in this really like not good situation. So I, you know, the course of the song is what have we started mm. because it's it it was never ending, and then you know I, you know, Chris was the one who got me out of it, and I met Chris, and it was like. <laughs> nobody else you, you know and you ended it nice i ended yeah i ended it and it was it was amazing because it, after coming out of it and being with chris and you know even talking to my family without that uh you know kind of that guy clouding that judgment um i just got out of it and i was like what in the world was i in it was a thirty thousand foot view as opposed to being you know in the forest <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right so yeah. right now Tentatively, what have we started? Tentatively. Yeah, tentatively. May, may, it is subject to change. It's but subject to change, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what we're excited for after Chocolate Bay. But for now, listeners will just have to keep it to Chocolate Bay. Enjoy the, the amazing song that it is. Uh, exactly. Lexi, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Of course, of course. Thank you so much for having me. For sure. Listeners, you can check out Chocolate Bay on the uh, streaming services, Spotify, uh, Apple Music. You can keep up with Lexi on Instagram at Lexi Stevenson. Right now, let's take a listen to Famu Sami, Chocolate Bay, right here on the Doc G Show. Some girls gotta have their strawberry Other girls want it dairy-free Most girls want an pop cherry I like my flavors covered in whipped cream Vanilla on vanilla is no interest to me Chocolate on my mind, the only one I can see Trying to eat that rocky road all night long I hope you know by now this ain't no ice cream song Once you taste chocolate, yeah Get yourself a chocolate bunny now You'll be craving sweets Cause you know that he's around Dark chocolate never had that kind But you know that he's always on my mind I was sleeping on y'all for a minute Then I hit it I was like, damn baby, let's get it Cause once you get that lick You'll always want that shit Baby girl, go get your chocolate Once you taste chocolate 
kiss Christmas on me the list Break it off, now we a twix Let's measure up, poor mix Lollipop, I'm Lil Wayne Stunting on them, no Birdman Right track, but wrong train Them chocolate girls in they own lane No, it's Here on the Doc G show, you just heard Fama, uh, Famu Sami. Famu Sami. I tripped. I tripped a little bit there. Tongue tripping, Mike. Mm. Tongue tripping. That happens. Famu Sami with Chocolate Bay right here on the Doc G show. Lexi, she was an enjoyable lady there, Mike. Yeah. Enjoyable lady. And nice. I mean, she seemed very fond of Maine. Mm hmm. Yeah. Almost makes almost makes me want to go to Maine. I mean, not the weather during the winter. That does not make me want to go to Maine. No. Nah. Not in the slightest. <laughs> but I am I'm gonna try to do it, listeners. I'm gonna try later in the summer. I'm gonna try to get up to Maine and see our ladies Sue and Lee. I'm gonna try to mm. get up there. Yes! And we need to make a video. Me, Sue, and Lee. We need to make yeah. a video, all three of us in the hot tub with no clothes on. That's what yeah. we need to do. What? And not mm -hmm. not not in a in a sexual way, listeners. Just in a in a celebration of nakedness and togetherness. Yeah. Oh no, it sounds like some kind of weird like uh, <laughs> nudist colony or something. But whatever. <laughs> Me, Sue, and Lee needs to yeah. happen, listeners. Right now, Sue and Lee are listening, and they're like, "No, nah, we can't invite him to uh, <laughs> tell him we're going to be gone all summer. Uh, sorry about that. So true. I'm just saying, listeners, I need to get up and see him. We had, uh, we, we need to have him on the show again, too. We haven't had mm -hmm. him on the show in a good while. We need to have them back on the show. I'm writing it down, Mike. I'm writing it down. It's happening. Yeah. Anyways... Listeners, you need to go. You need to keep an eye out for all of Famu Sami's music. It's coming out soon. Chocolate Bay is just a fun. It's just a fun song. It's just a good time. You'll mm -hmm. probably see Lexi Stevenson doing all kinds of big things in life from now on, and you'll be like, I, I, I heard of her first on the Doc G Show. That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Or if you already watch Young and Restless, you're probably like, I already knew her. Well, to you people, tip of the cap. To everybody else, yeah. you, you heard about her here on the Doc G Show. Anyways, Mike, are you ready to not know these next birthday series? <laughs> yes. Okay. We got? Do you want the actor or the writer first? Let's go with the writer. Let's go with the one okay. I will not get first. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I will <laughs> say we had this writer on the show as one of our quotes of the week mm. a couple of weeks back. To remind you, the quote from this birthday suit where was... Quote, for every minute you remain angry, you give up 60 seconds of peace of mind. Mm. Okay. Y you remember don't the remember. quote, right, Mike? I remember, but I don't remember. Yeah. You don't remember who said it, but yeah. you remember the quote. I remember yeah. the quote. Okay, yeah. there we go. Born on May 25th, 1803. Yikes. 
in Boston, Massachusetts. Our birthday suit wearer, father, uh, birthday suit wearer's father died of cancer when he was only eight years old. When his father died, his aunt moved in the house to help raise him. He ended up going to Harvard, which, you know, in 1803 was like one of like five schools you could go to. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's still it's still prestigious, but it's not as prestigious as if it were like 2010. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to undersell it. I just I don't know why I've gone on this tangent, Mike. Anyways. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yes, exactly. He started writing a lot while he was at Harvard. After he graduated, he took a job teaching at a school for young ladies. While teaching at this school, he lived in a cabin and studied nature. He decided he needed a warmer climate, though, and he moved to South Carolina, Charleston. But he decided that was still too cold, so he decided to go to St. Augustine, Florida. It was there that he first encountered slavery, which he was not a fan of. Uh, he moved back up to the north. He decided to write a seminal paper, which he titled Nature in 1836. Literally the day before he published that work, he founded the Transcendental Club, which had like-minded thinkers that found that humans had lost touch with nature needed to get back and become one with nature and that they were the best living a simple life mike in 1841 he published essays which included one of his most famous essays titled self-reliance he made his uh, money throughout his life lecturing on transcendentalism and discussing nature throughout the northeast our birthday suit wearer died in 1882 from pneumonia our birthday suit wearer is remembered as one of the most preeminent thinkers of the 19th century. Name that birthday suit wearer. Charles Dickens. Wait, what? He's British. British. That's uh, Charles British. Darwin. <laughs> Still British. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> so, just in case listeners wanted to know... Charles Dickens wrote a lot of great literary tales, right? He uh, he was he was the one that wrote Tale of Two Cities. Mm. If you remember, very oh, yeah. good, definitely very very good uh, book about the French Revolution and a mm. tale between uh, Britain and France. Uh, Charles Darwin came up with the theory of evolution mm -hmm. uh, while yeah. he was on a very long boat trip. Uh, Neither of those folks. This was Ralph Waldo Emerson. Uh, Ralph yeah, was, Waldo yeah. Ralph Emerson. Ralph Waldo Emerson, yep. R-W-E. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Friends with Henry David Thoreau. Do you remember mm. Henry David Thoreau? Nope. Or remember the name? No. Okay. No idea. All right. Sorry. All right. He lived at a pond, Walden mm. Pond. He wrote a whole book about it called Walden. He also oh. wrote a book called Civil Disobedience. Both very mm. good books. Yes! Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson is probably most known for his uh, his essay, Self-Reliance. Basically, it's it's almost like a chant. It's almost like a... a like, you, you read it and you're like, I am able to do anything I want on my own. Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's sort of what it's all about. But, like you know, that. he... He was uh, he was a dude that was very against slavery. He he got uh, he got fairly well known against uh, in the Civil War during the Civil War as being like that guy to sort of speak out about the horribles uh, horribleness of war, but also to uh, speak out about how great nature is and how great everybody should be in nature and everybody should be free. 
Yeah. Anyways, it's good good stuff. If you get times, yeah. go back and read essays, guys. Go back and read essays if you can, you know? Uh, Mike, it would have been his um, 219th birthday. Mm. So, there you go. So, he didn't cool. he didn't make it to 219. Uh, got, got close. 79. And mm-hmm. passed away at 79. Happy birthday, Ralph Waldo <laughs> Emerson. Mike, here we go. Second birthday suit. I don't know. You may be able to get this one. I don't know. We'll see. I wouldn't. I know the dude 100%. I don't know his name. So I will, now I do because I've been looking at it a bunch. But I okay. feel like if I were in your seat, wouldn't have got it. Anyways. Okay. Born on May 25th, 1939 in Burnley, Lancashire, England. Hmm. Our birthday suit wearer loved acting growing up. He won a scholarship to go to St. Catherine's College for Literature. He was a member of the Marlowe Society, where he acted in 23 plays over three years in school. After college, he started acting in theater. About four years after this, he also started acting in movies. It was in 2000 where he really took on roles that made him known in popular culture. In 2000, he starred in X-Men as the supervillain Magneto. Mm. At the same time, he took on the role of Gandalf in Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. He went on to play these characters in multiple sequences, uh, sequels in these movies, including The Hobbit and uh, multiple X-Men movies. Our birthday suit wearer has won two Academy Awards, five Emmy nominations, and six Lawrence Olivier Awards. Name that birthday suit wearer. Yeah, I know the guy. I definitely don't know the name. Sir uh, Sir something. <laughs> Sir Ian Sir? McKellen. Sir Ian Sir McKellen. Ian McKellen. Uh, yes, there it is. That's him. I actually don't... I want to say he has a knighthood. I'm pretty positive he does. Let me uh, take a look. I, I can. I think I can do that without having to follow up. I can. I can look real quick here if he's knighted. But uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, fantastic actor, Mike. L- love him as Gandalf. I mean, yeah. wouldn't you love him just to, just to you know, follow you around as Gandalf? You just yeah. feel so comforted to have mm-hmm. a, a wizard beside you that yeah. could. Always he giving just you good advice. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't be seem to be troubled at all, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he he was knighted. Was knighted in 1980. Jeez. New Year honors mm. for services to the performing arts. 1980. Man, he's been a knight for a long time. Yeah, Good he's Lord. been in the game for a long time. Good for him. Yeah, hey, uh, 1980, Sir Ian McKellen. Wow, 1980. I, now I'm impressed. That is. That was impressive. I figured he was knighted. I figured being that big of an actor, a theater actor in in England, you know, they love they love the true theater. They mm. got it, they they live it up over there. Yeah. Anyways, happy birthday to Gandalf, uh, turning seventy three. Gandalf, big <laughs> seventy three. You know, Gandalf nice. the the gray now or white. I don't know. He's got grayish white hair. He could be either. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Anyways, Mike, we have some fantastic shows coming up. Very excited. We have none other than Goose coming on the show. The fantastic band Goose 
Peter is going to come on. He's going to talk to us. I can't wait. My friend Lee has been hyping up their appearance so much. He is so jazzed about it. He was telling me, I got to get him on the show. I got to do it. Uh, I did it. He was like, no way. I was like, that's right. It's yeah, kind of pool that the Doc yeah. G show has. That's good. Uh, you know, we call up people. We're like, hey, can this happen? They're like, it can happen. That's it. <laughs> FOMO listeners, yeah. you're not missing out here. You're mm. not missing out. Uh, no. We've also got the fantastic band Flip Turn. Can't wait. A Florida band original right here. They uh, the big doing big things in their career. Huge things in their career. Can't wait to talk to them as well. We've got them coming up. Got a couple more, Mike. I'm working on, again, want to solidify them, don't want to jinx it. So I'm not going to say who they are, but trust me, listeners, you won't miss out. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. Not no on this show. Not on my watch, guys. Not on my watch. There is no FOMO hand on my watch. Mm-mm. All right? I don't know no what way. that means. Anyways, all right, guys. <laughs> uh, eh, I got to wrap the show up. And until next week, I have been your host, Doc G, with me as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus Charette. Doc G, thank you so much for having me, as always. I appreciate it. Great time. Of course. Of course, man. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it a doodah. <laughs>